be careful diving headfirst into training with the new year. Many runners take time off after fall marathons and then the holidays that come quickly thereafter. It can be really hard to dive back into training when you're out of the swing of things, but with the new year coming and a lot of people setting New Year's resolutions and then getting really excited to dive headfirst into a new training program for maybe their spring races or 2024 goals, it can be really risky to dive headfirst back into training because we do have the tendency to do too much too soon, especially in this January season. In the fitness industry, we've worked in the fitness industry here for over a decade. We oftentimes find that January is a huge rush of people coming in with new goals, which is awesome, but we also really wanna be careful about how we are approaching those goals. Um, We don't wanna rely on, oh, I'm really motivated right now, so I want to do this super hard training plan, only to later down the road feel either burnt out or have an injury pop up because we did a little bit too much too soon. So while it is a really exciting time for people to have these new goals, we also wanna be careful about how we're approaching coming back into training. I always think that one of the most injury prone type of runners or athletes in general are people who are in a comeback season. Um, The reason being is because they have an old fitness level to look back on. So if you are coming back after maybe having a baby, having an injury, having surgery, um, having chemo treatments, there's so many things that happen in life that people come back from. It's really hard as an individual to not look back at where you used to be fitness-wise, even when you weren't even in your best physical fitness shape, you're thinking, oh, you know, a couple years ago, I wasn't even in that good of shape, but I could still do X, Y, and Z. But we really need to be careful as a comeback runner to not look in that rearview mirror. Do not look backwards because it's not where you're going. You really want to take a deep dive of what you have been doing in the last six to eight weeks really assess your current situation and almost give yourself that beginner's mindset as you build up. Because while your athlete history is important in some aspects, when you're building a current training plan for the upcoming month, it's really not that critical to know what you had done maybe a year ago when you were in your peak fitness. It's not exactly relevant if during the last year you've maybe had a pregnancy, had a baby, and now you're four months or four weeks postpartum getting that clear or six weeks postpartum getting that clearance to start exercising again. It's also not super relevant to know that, oh, one time I ran this really fast 5k time, but that was four years ago. We really want to look at where's your current fitness level at and using that as the reference point for building progressively. We often find that people who are on the comeback will try to skip a step or do too much too soon because honestly, you might feel okay aerobically because your aerobic system is more developed than say a beginner runner. But what really becomes problematic is that muscular skeletal system. So running is a high impact sport and it can result in injuries and flare ups. And what we often see happen with the comeback runner 
is aerobically, things are feeling really good, but muscular skeletally, we still need to increase the load progressively. Otherwise, we do see injuries start to crop up. And that's really the reason why we want people to be held back because if you do too much too soon and you get injured, it almost recites this whole, restarts the whole process of having to take time off, coming back into running. And sometimes people can get stuck on that hamster wheel and that pattern of taking time off, coming back in, getting injured, having to take time off, coming back in, getting injured. And so what we like to do is go for that approach of long-term sustainability and finding something that's going to work for you for a very long time. Because the bottom line is the more consistently you can train, that is going to get you probably the best results. And so sometimes people really want to toe that line and they want to do too much and really just see like, what are their limits? But that is typically a recipe for a little bit more risk, right? So when you are doing that, just be aware that you're taking on more risk and you could end up in a place where you're injured and you do have to take the time off. Meanwhile, someone who had that tortoise approach, maybe, you know, it's the classic tortoise and the hare, someone who had like the more slow approach might actually surpass you while you're having to take that time off for that setback because you wanted to kind of maybe get a little greedy with your training. And so it's all about the approach that you're wanting to take, how much risk you want to assume when you are training. We like to go for less risky so that you can sustain your training over a long period of time. Yeah, and as we, you know, kick things off here, when I think about athletes that have come to me personally, um, you know, after time off, they all kind of um, advance through um, their training at different rates, right? So uh, there's a lot of factors at play. Um, for starters, their racing experience, how many years they've been running, what was their volume like in previous, you know, training um, cycles, how, how long have they taken off, that sort of thing. So a good way that I will start to progress runners back is just by adding in some time-based runs. And so... Um, you know, depending on the answer to all those questions, I'll basically, I'll gather as much information as I can on their background and through um, any follow-up questions that I need, I sort of cultivate a plan, you know, that's personalized to that athlete. And then the cool thing about monitoring through training pieces, we can, you know, make any modifications along the way. So if the first week things were just, you know, too much for them, then we can back off the second week or vice versa. If it was way too easy, then I can, I can add a little bit more to the next week for that athlete, maybe at a higher rate than I would for some of my other athletes. And so um, run walks is always a good thing to implement too if, if you're coming back after an injury um, and you need to make sure you're testing the waters. Right, so I start with you know 30 second um, walking to run intervals and then go up to a minute and so on. And so progressing again there, um, the progression there might depend on the, the level that the athlete is at. Um, so typically that first phase, I call it sort of um, uh, return to run or building that foundation. That for me is going to look different for every athlete. It could be four weeks. It could be six weeks. It could be could be two if you're just coming off a month off. So, uh, but I would say an average uh, time frame there is going to be roughly a month for that for most athletes. Yeah, it's really interesting because everyone has a different starting point when we're talking about a comeback runner, right? So right now in January, we might have different camps of people. Maybe some people have been running since their fall marathon, right? They've just been running at a pretty reduced mileage. Uh, maybe, you know, during marathon training, they were peaking at 40, 50 miles a week, and now they're maybe running like 20 miles a week. That's a really good spot to be at, and I wouldn't necessarily define that as someone who's really like a comeback athlete 
definitely, we are going to talk a little bit about how to kind of build back into workouts, build back your mileage later in this podcast. But really the phase we're talking about right now is an individual who took extended time off. So maybe you're coming back from a stress fracture, an injury that you really needed to take um, several weeks off from, or uh, oftentimes I work with a lot of postpartum athletes. So it'll be people who uh, maybe had to take half of their pregnancy off or, you know, most people don't necessarily run in the final weeks of pregnancy. And then you usually have to wait six to 12 weeks postpartum. So we're talking anywhere from um, like three to eight months off of running and then kind of entering back into some running. Um, there are also situations where people maybe don't have anything medically that happened, but they just took time off for whatever reason. It was actually really common. Um, We had a lot of people during the pandemic um, that kind of lost contact with and then now they're just now kind of reading back out, hey, I took, you know, two years off of running. It's actually quite common that people kind of have these seasons and the great thing about running is that it can ebb and flow with your life but I really like how you talked about really starting with that return to running approach and I think that's really a difficult thing for people to grasp and I know so many people who struggle with that concept of letting yourself be like that beginner again like pretending that you've never really ran before it can be really difficult. Um, But I mean, if you're able to embrace that approach of, okay, we're just gonna start with walking. And that's usually what I have a lot of my return to runners do is the first week we're just walking at a brisk pace and we're doing that, depending on what they have been doing, right? We're doing it three or four times a week, anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes. And just being able to build off of that consistency. We want something that's going to not be so overwhelming in the first week that, you know, it's already kind of becoming a stressor. Exercise should always be something that's a stress reliever in your life, especially if you're coming from a place where you just had to take an extended time off from running. Typically, um, what goes hand in hand with that is life was stressful, right? Like we usually don't take time off unless there was some sort of stress going on in our life. And I think um, allowing yourself to come back into running, having it be as stress-free as possible is really healing and it can help people have a very healthy relationship with running. So going to just starting with some time-based walking um, and just giving yourself that allotted time every day, I really think one of the hardest things about coming back postpartum, at least for me, is finding that time, finding a rhythm, finding a routine in your schedule where you actually are able to put on your workout clothes and get out the door for 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time. That in and of itself is challenging and difficult and sometimes that is the number one barrier. And so when we just take the first week or two focusing on some really foundational moves when we're out there, it can really help us with the whole process and not having to go dive headfirst into a super aggressive plan as well. Yeah, I liked how you talked about starting with the recovery walks too. Like a lot of times, you know, let's say an athlete's used to running like five days a week or four days a week. So we're not, we're not going to probably start off at that. We might start off at three days a week, but then those other days that gives us an opportunity to schedule like a walk, like Mm -hmm. you were saying. Um, and so it's really nice to start building back that accountability or that time that the athlete has to carve out for themselves for each day. 
and then I get a I get to notice about each athlete like okay are they being consistent from week to week you know and in the first two weeks if they've missed a few things then maybe we're a little bit slower to progress them but if they've kind of nailed it you know if I'm seeing everything is completed um, the way I planned it then we maybe can pro progress a little quicker for that athlete and so it's all going to be variable on the athlete's background and, and you know their motivation and all of that but um, you know, a sample workout or not workout, but run during that first week or second week could be like five by two minutes, you know, with some walking in between with a warm up walk and a cool down walk. So, you know, you're getting 10 minutes of run running in, but then, you know, the next run you might build upon that or the next week you might be up to like 15 minutes or 20 minutes. So again, just sort of progressing at the rate that's appropriate for each athlete. You know, some athletes that maybe were running like 40 to 50 miles a week during a training cycle let's say they took three months off, they may be able to start with a little bit higher volume right away. But again, you should be very conservative to make sure that, um, you know, you don't have any setbacks. And that's really the goal is to, to um, leave you feeling like you want to do more, you know, each run or each week. Mm, yeah, that brings up a really good point. So with like the run walk intervals, um, going into a little bit more detail as to like what that looks like, right? Because we should probably define that. When I give someone a run walk interval, especially someone coming back, I like to have the first one of those basically be a walk where I say, hey, within this walk, you know, you're going to be out there for 30 minutes. Let's just do eight eight reps of like running for 30 to 45 seconds, see how that feels, right? And maybe that's in the first or second week. It's just something to see, okay, how does it feel to kind of get into some, you know, jogging? Um, but when you look at what that is, right? So eight times 30 seconds, that's four minutes of running. And so what you might choose to do is, for the next run walk interval, have a goal be, okay, we're gonna do six minutes of running. Um, then maybe for the next one, it's you know nine minutes of running and so on. And you don't wanna jump like from nine minutes to, to 29 minutes, right? It's something where it's a progressive approach and you can really change things up in terms of your intervals, like how long they are and stuff like that. And building them progressively is great. So maybe the first one is eight times 30 seconds. Then when we go to do our next one a couple days later, let's say we're going to aim for six minutes of running. Maybe that's six by one minute run, two to three minute walk in between. Then maybe a couple days later, we're going to aim for nine minutes of running and maybe we're going to frame it up like 90 second um, running in intervals and we'll do what about 10 of those I think would be? No, no, it would be like six of those, whatever it would be to equal nine. Um, and then you would still kind of keep that recovery in between so that you're having those walk breaks. And then as you maybe get up to, let's say within a run walk interval, you have like 20 minutes where you're doing a run walking or 15 minutes, we might start to play with how much rest you have in between. So instead of having like a two to three minute walk in between, maybe we're gonna try to like tighten that up it can go for more like one minute and then like 30 seconds. And then we can build into a place where, okay, we're gonna go out, we're gonna try to run continuously for eight minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it may be. And if you feel like you really need it, you can stop for a walk break, do you know the five to 20 seconds and try to limit it if your goal is to build back into running without doing run walks. Um, that's how I would approach it. But sometimes that phase where we're doing a continuous run for eight to 10 minutes, that might take about a month or two to mm -hmm. build into. It really just depends. 
Also, there are a subset of people who have no interest in running um, continuously. I do work with some athletes who prefer always doing run-walk intervals, even when they build up to a marathon or ultra-marathon distance. And so that is always an option to keep those in. Um, what we typically would do is find a cadence that works really well. Something that's really popular is like the four or five minute run followed by one minute walk. And so you just kind of figure out what works really well for you and maybe when you're coming back, you might realize, hey, I actually like doing the run walks and you can almost like keep those in if that's something that you like. It's all about finding what works for you based on your goals, what you find enjoyable, all of those things. Um, so as we get into that and building to the continuous runs, um, again, we want to be conscientious of the time that we spend running every week. So I almost, if I have an athlete coming back, um, I'll keep a log of like, okay, so the first week back we did 10 minutes of total running, like through the whole week with all the run walks. Then the next week, maybe we're at like 15 minutes. Then the next week we're at 20 minutes. And you almost want to always be keeping a total of how much of your run walks are actually runs so that when you do get to those continuous runs, we're not jumping too much up in volume. It's really just a good way of tracking um, because a lot of your activities will be run walks and it's really hard to separate out, you know, how much of this three mile walk was running versus walking. And so if you have um, a means of tracking that, maybe it's just keeping a note tab in your phone um, or maybe leaving a note in Strava or something like that. However you choose to track, it is really important to keep track of week after week how much of your total, you know, run, walk, or whatever for the whole week was just committed to running. And I think when you get to a place where it's, you know, upwards of like an hour, that's really where we can start getting back into okay, we can do, you know, two or three days a week, three days a week of running two to three miles at a time, most likely. And that's really where I would start to add back in some strides. I would start to add back in um, maybe some fartleks, uh, a longer run, that sort of thing. That's really where we can start to get a little bit more fun with our training, but it does take a while to build up that foundation again. Yeah. You know, great summary there. I like how you talk about changing the variables of like the intervals as, and the rest. Um, it's going to look different for each athlete um, in terms of how fast they're progressing. And um, and then, like you mentioned, introducing as you kind of get into that next phase, <clears throat> some strides and some fartlek work. That's going to be the first um, sort of uh, what I would consider speed work, you know, paces that are going to be run at a faster pace than just an easy pace. And so um, that, that allows the athlete to you know, not have anything too taxing on the schedule um, on, the, on the workout day so that they're not mentally defeated when they're done, right? You're not going to give them their old paces or anything like mm -hmm. that. But it might be like strides at half marathon pace, and it might be like a fart, like a marathon effort, just to see how they're doing. Um, and then obviously you want to make sure that they feel like they recover in between those so that they're um, able to handle more because you don't want to start to int introduce more stuff if they're not recovering or let's say they miss one workout, that sort of thing. That's where I think it's really cool to have, you know, have training peaks, be able to look back. Um, I really enjoy working with athletes that come back after a long time off. I just find it very, um, it's very rewarding for me as a coach because they're, it's such a unique time for each athlete. And I've, I've helped some athletes progress back fairly quickly and others, like you mentioned, they still like to 
prog progress back very slowly. Maybe maybe we cap everything at like 30 minutes or 45 minutes and they're still doing like run walks and that sort of thing. And so, you know, the workouts are gonna look vastly different in terms of how we, um, the paces that we prescribe, but also the volume too. So like for some athletes, it might be, you know, six by 45 seconds. And for other athletes, it might be like six by two minutes. You know what I mean? So some, some of those are examples of like the taste of the first workout back, so. Definitely. And for some people who are maybe listening who maybe didn't take a substantial amount of time off, but they're at that place where they're just running easy a few days a week, I think that's where almost this whole episode is kind of at. So whether or not you took time off, we're at that place where we're running a few days a week, mainly easy miles. The best workouts to kind of start back with, like you alluded to, was fartlex, just um some basic intervals right we're not going to go super aggressive with pacing and really it's more about like running off of feel at this point um we don't really have a time trial probably we probably wouldn't want to like have you start off with one right away just because we haven't really done any speed work so i would give yourself like a month couple weeks to do some fart legs do some progression runs um an example of a fart leg like what is she talking about it's maybe like six by one minute hard effort, two minutes recovery. Or you could do five by two minutes moderate with two minutes easy in between. And just kind of see where the paces fall. Don't do anything too incredibly taxing. Like we don't need to be completely out of breath. Just something to get some speed back into the legs. Um, and a progression run would look something like starting at a very easy pace and progressively getting faster every mile for you know four or five six miles whatever you're up to at that point um, and just using that as a workout maybe you would end that run around marathon half marathon pace just depending on how you're feeling um, and kind of as you go week by week maybe you crank up the effort just a little bit more so maybe that first fartlek back you're not really able to hit even marathon pace but then maybe the next week, we're, we're kind of getting up into those pace ranges because it does sometimes take a little while to get the legs turning again and kind of get your brain to get back into the, the rhythm of, hey, we can run fast, you know, so no need to go totally all out in that first workout. Um, at the same time, as you are adding in maybe some small workouts, we want to remember that we don't want to really do more than 20% of our total weekly mileage at those fast paces. And so that's why when I mentioned some of these fartleks, uh, you know, six by one minute, we're talking about six minutes of work. And so it's really not a lot, but it's enough to, to do something. So we really want to keep in mind that 20%. We don't want to do more than 20% of our weekly mileage in faster running paces. Um, if you are going to also at the same time be increasing your mileage, we maybe want to do even less than 20% of your weekly mileage as fast paces because if you're increasing workouts at the same time as you're increasing your mileage, we really just want to be aware that that's extra stress on the body. And so maybe we alternate, right? Maybe one week we're focusing more on the workouts, maybe the next week we're focusing a little bit more on mileage building. So just keep in mind that those are two separate variables and that we don't wanna like increase everything all at the same time. When it comes to increasing mileage, uh, the general rule is not to increase more than 10% per week. We can do even less than that, right? We wanna have cutback weeks, maybe every one to three weeks. So what that means is, 
let's say maybe you increase, you do 20 miles, 22 miles the next week, 24 miles the next week, then we're gonna have a cutback week of like 18 miles. But then when we build back again, we can go back to like the 24, 25 mile week. Then we maybe are gonna do 27 mile week, then a 29 mile week, but then we're gonna cut back again. So it always has this pattern of like building for one to three weeks, then cutting back for one week. Yeah, I like how you talked about, <clears throat> you know, those two variables of intensity and mileage, right? So um, one one um, issue I sometimes, or I, I, I notice with runners a lot of times that they come to me with like a race on the schedule, they, um, we have a limited time to work with them, right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of times we're forcing things and that can be really difficult. And so it's best if you delay on, um, you know, committing to a certain event to allow yourself just to see how you're adapting to the training, right? Because we want to come back safely, especially if you, you have a history of, of injury or, you know, not really being consistent or burnout or whatever it is. And so um, that's, that's really important. And I really liked how you gave some examples about, you know, focusing not more on like either mileage one week or um, the workout. Um, but for a lot of my athletes, you know, the workouts really aren't that difficult for those first you know, first few months even really, because we're also probably building volume as a whole. And so, you know, maybe along the way we're increasing from three runs a week to four and then possibly up to five. And so it's really, um, you know, kind of a slippery slope as we're trying to increase all these variables, right? You have to, you have to pick and choose like, how am I going to do this? Um, and keep the athlete, you know, motivated, keep them healthy, keep them energized. That's really the key. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really important to look at that big picture. Um, I think commonly in the run coaching community, we see people, you know, come to us with 20 weeks before a race, which is really great, right? I think the longer we have to work with an individual, the better, especially if you're coming from uh, like reduced base or like you had um, something major go on where like you weren't running for a number of months, that sort of thing. Um, but often we also get the opposite, right? Where someone maybe has a marathon coming up in like eight weeks. And so that does become really difficult. And I think, again, it's all about that risk versus reward. Like how risky do you want to be and having that conversation up front? Because, um, you know, coming into a training plan when you only have eight weeks before a marathon and just not having like a substantial base there is, is, it's incredibly risky and we always have that conversation of whether or not that person is aware and just um, identifying those things before building them up. But it's definitely tough because you do have to skip steps. So I really think looking at the big picture is incredibly important as an athlete, right? So you really want to define what your goals are for the next three to six months and figure out a training plan from there, right? Um, So even if you have a marathon coming up in eight weeks and you really want to plan, I would say, okay, but what is your plan for the, the next nine to 12 months? What is that going to look like? And that can really help you get set up for success. We don't want to be so caught up in like this upcoming thing that's happening in the next eight weeks that we forget something that maybe is a goal for us long term. So anytime that you're developing a training plan, um, I like to start with kind of where that ending goal is. So let's say in six months from now, your goal is to uh, run a marathon, or maybe that's in four months from now, um, but right now you're, you're hardly running. I think it's really good to start at, like take a calendar out, flip back four months to where your race date is and just kind of see where and build backwards, see where you would need to be um, 
for like your long run that sort of thing in a couple of months and see like is it feasible right like do you feel comfortable with the approach that you're going to need to take to get there and usually if you don't have at least five to six months of training and having that solid base it's really going to be compromised and so you are maybe going to have to skip some of the steps to get there or maybe we're skipping like workouts within the marathon training cycle maybe it's just about like getting our volume there Um, but really if you just don't have the base it becomes more difficult to train specifically to your potential for that event Um, that's not to say that like it cannot be done like you can't do a marathon if you only have four months to train but um, just speaking from experience it's going to look really different if you don't have the base in place to train for that marathon versus if you give yourself a little bit extra time so I'm always erring on the side of you know if you have time specific goals I would give yourself more time and just be aware of those risks yeah really well said there I've had a number of athletes that you know they want to do a marathon in four or five months or whatever and um so we'll start training and maybe they have like a minor setback or they get sick or whatever it is so right and now we have less you know weeks to work with and it becomes you know what's the most important thing and it's really about building volume right so we're not doing hardly any workouts because we have to make sure that they're recovering from these long runs and maybe this is their first workout or their first marathon cycle in three or four years too so on top of that we don't really know how they're going to respond to these longer runs you know so it's just really um and that's a that's a beauty i think of working with a coach is you get uh you get someone that's experienced right working with all different types of athletes and then they're going to be able to notify or notice things about your training based on the feedback that you're giving based on any workouts that they're prescribing looking for patterns um, making those adjustments i think can go a long way in helping you know get the athlete ready to run their race or you know meet their goal whatever it is yeah, definitely. Um, there's just so many factors that are involved with training, and I think having someone kind of let you know what the expectation might end up looking like if you go after a marathon with a reduced base can definitely help kind of paint the picture for what race day is going to look like. I know back in 2017, I signed up for the Boston Marathon. At the time of registration, I was eight and a half, eight months pregnant, something like that. Um, and then I had a baby in November, had to turn around and try to do a marathon in April. And I guess like at the time I was signing up for the race, I wasn't really, I didn't really think it through, right? Like what was training going to look like? What was race day going to look like? And really what it ended up being was just, you know, a bunch of easy miles and just being able to cover the distance. And while, yeah, it was, you know, a fun experience and stuff. I think that if I really would have like thought it through, like, hey, this is like all it's really going to be. I don't know if I necessarily would have signed up for the event just because it is really a taxing thing to take on. And so sometimes just being honest with yourself of like, am I actually going to enjoy doing this? Is this actually in alignment with my long term goals? And so if if it is, that's great. If not, maybe we reevaluate and just come up with a different um, racing schedule or a different training plan for you specifically and i think it's a really um, an okay thing to do to change your mind and maybe like reevaluate certain things um and set new goals for yourself along the way so hopefully this episode was helpful i know coming back into running can be incredibly challenging um i have had to do it a few times and it's always definitely a humbling experience for sure, but I think giving yourself that grace and allowing yourself to be a beginner again can definitely be 
a very life-changing thing and, and it can help you come back and become your strongest self. I ran my marathon PR after having two kids and breaking three hours for the first time after having what it kind of felt like seasons where I wasn't improving because I had to kind of rebuild my base and, and get back into um into training and so it can be a long road but it's definitely worth it if you are patient and things start to click over time so if you're interested in working with a coach we do offer a free seven day trial you can fill out the form on our website at www.runforprs.com for a free seven day trial working with a coach again that's www.runforprs.com thanks for tuning in